Welcome back to Keep Going, a podcast about failure and success. I'm John Biggs. Today on the show, we have Jeff Weisbein. He's the founder and CEO of Hype Lab. And I've known you best, Jeff, as the uh, owner of Best Techie, uh, which was a blog that was coming up when I was coming up at the same time. Welcome to the show. Thanks, John. Oh, my God. It's so freaking great to be here with you. Um, and yeah, I remember I started that site uh, back in 2003. This was, you know, before Aaron. Yeah. So, yeah, it's been around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I was at Gizmodo at that point. And there were a couple sites that were just kind of popping up that were uh, that were all like techie. I think there were a couple that survived, too. I know that what's his name sold. Uh, Vincent Wynn sold uh, a few of uh, his thing. But there's still a few of those sites, those old gadget sites that just kind of are just kind of hanging out. Exactly. Yeah. And it's good. It's great to see them because, I mean, honestly, there's been such a huge media conglomeration over the past several years. I mean, you, you've you seen it. We don't have to get into it. But yeah, that I mean, that's where, you know, these independent kind of blogs are, are, are few and far between these days, for sure. Yeah. Well, I've been doing them for 20 years and I've and I failed at every single one of them. So uh, uh, it's good to know that at least somebody's still uh, still grinding away, uh, just like me. So, okay, so let's talk a little bit about this this timeline. So you're you're running Best Techie uh, since 2003. And in 2014, you started something called Know Your Audience, Kaya, you call it, right? Why don't you tell us about that? Yeah, okay. So I, I, I was running um, Best Techie while I was in school. I built it up into this media company. And, you know, like you said, we focused on product reviews, news, kind of analysis, stuff like that. And really, um, what I what I realized is while building that, I was really frustrated with the existing kind of analytics solutions that were out there. You know, there's Google Analytics, there was Chartbeat, you know, Parsley and several others. But really, I didn't feel that they, I just didn't feel like they, provided the insights and the, the key takeaways that I was looking for. So I decided to go out and, and build my own SaaS analytics company. And that's where Kaya came into the mix in 2014. And it was, um, it was quite an experience, I would say. It was the first time I had ever built a, a quote-unquote product you know, that people could use. Prior to that, a lot of the stuff that we put out was just you know, on the website or, or whatever. Um, but doing this was something that was definitely a little outside my comfort zone, but I was really excited to take on the opportunity here. So when I got started with that, uh, you know, we, I had to find um, people to help me build it. And really, I ended up going with a couple of my friends, and we spent like several months just building out this MVP. And um, from there, you know, ultimately... <laughs> I uh, ended up having to hire a CTO um, to get to like this, this version one, uh, you know, point where we could actually have a product that people could use without it falling over. Um, so, so that was so you that weren't was, you weren't technical at all in that at that point. You didn't you were were you able to build to a to a degree and then and then you realized you couldn't finish it or how did that work? So yeah, so I, I'm not really that technical. I, 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 I can understand what's going on and I have the technical expertise, more of like a product manager, I would say, um, to be able to understand what the, you know, the customer or the, or the user wants and then bringing it back to the, the engineering team and kind of walking them through it in a way that you know, makes sense and then 
all that stuff. That that's more my skill set. So I, I was doing a lot of that while we were building out the product and also kind of ideating on the features and the functionality based on my experience in the space and having talked to uh, other publishers as well, uh, understanding what they wanted and um, and what they needed. So yeah, I was not. I'm not technical in, in that sense. All right, so uh, you built this thing out. You spent some money on the CTO. So that that uh, did that cost anything? Yeah. So it was. It was. So basically, we came to an agreement where you know uh, where it was his salary plus uh, we we kind of did it on a contract basis, but he pretty much worked exclusively for us. Um, and what we and so. You know, he would he would bill us, and then we would uh, it would be a monthly kind of thing. It was more expensive than the, the the team I originally assembled because he was obviously much more experienced. Um, and 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 the 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 hardest thing I would say for me when it came to finding a CTO was just making sure that I knew that this person could do the job right mm-hmm. because I'm not technical. So I needed to make sure that when I spoke with them, that they could break down exactly what they were saying. So that way I understood that they understood what they were talking about. Yeah, that's, uh, that's interesting. It's like, it's, did you learn anything in trying to hire a, uh, a CTO at that point? Because I mean, that's one of the hardest things for non-technical founders. You're, you're looking at a, at a person who you're supposed to trust with technology that you don't understand. Yeah. Um, one of the, I mean, the kind of the big thing I, I realized was, you know, I had to get outside input. So I, re- I relied on the, the guys, um, who I originally, uh, was working with. Um, and, and I just kind of got their feel of him. And then I had them work together a bit, um, before making that decision. But ultimately at the end, at the end of the day, for me, it was, it was still a tough call. I didn't know for certain that this was going to work out, uh, if he would be a good fit, you know? Mm-hmm. So you you built the thing you did you you did this did everything you're supposed to do as a founder at that point like uh, you built in public you used uh, social media talked about it and you even got a post in TechCrunch and and what was that initial uh, what was that initial experience of uh, I guess like that first taste of success? Yeah, I mean, so when we got the product to a point where I was comfortable with it and it didn't fall over every you know every you know day. Um, I, I realized at that point it was probably time for us to, to, to go out there. And one of the things that we did, like you mentioned was we at that, and keep in mind, this is 2014. So building mm-hmm. public wasn't really like a huge thing, uh, at that point. So I, I put out a lot of blog posts. I, I did a lot of tweeting. What are we going to say when we go forward now, uh, for tweet? <laughs> no, I did a lot of Xing. Xing. You did okay. a lot of Xing is what you're supposed to say. All right. So oh, I did a lot okay. of that. And I engaged with, you know, people who were in the space and started getting my name out there and in front of them. And, you know, so they knew what I was working on. And, and, and I think that's super important. And then I realized that I needed, you know, um, to, to do a launch. I mean, I always wanted to do uh, this launch, something a lot of founders plan for. I think another interesting thing is like, you know, you don't always get to the launch. <laughs> Um, but we got there. <laughs> um, so, you know, we ended up talking. Yeah, go ahead. 
No, well, I distinctly remember like I was writing my book and I had a I had a distinct plan uh to do a book party. And I was talking to the I was talking to my editor about book parties when I should have been thinking about like, oh, uh maybe we shouldn't have had it. we shouldn't be thinking about it as like a, a exciting thing, but instead we should think about how to make this book uh, readable to people uh, right. to come to the book party. So that's an interesting uh, that's an interesting situation. Absolutely. And like the uh, like so there were a couple ways we went also about, you know, establishing authority in the space because that was important to me. Um, and I, I'll get I can get back to the, the the launch thing in a second. But I think we also had to establish this authority in the space. And at the time, I mean, I guess you could still maybe say this today, but it's a little bit more saturated. The podcast market was kind of just starting to pick up. And so. And th at this point, we're we're talking 2015, late 2015, maybe. Um, and so I decided that we needed to put together this podcast for a couple reasons. One, um, as a vehicle to, uh, you know, talk about what we're building in a way, and what and what people in the industry are 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 thinking about, and at the same time. It was a great vehicle for getting us in front of decision makers at these publications because the people we were talking to were the people, you know, uh, at these publications and media companies that we wanted to work with. Mm -hmm. uh, so it kind of worked as a double-edged, you know, a double-pronged kind of attack, um, which, I, which was, which was uh, helpful to us for sure. Okay. Uh, but, yeah. So you, so you were, you went pretty far. Did. Did you notice anything? Uh, did you notice the wheels coming off a little bit as you were uh, as you were launching? So yeah, so we definitely had our fair share of technical issues um, during launch, as m many startups do. Um, I I remember thinking like, this is bad. This mm -hmm. is really bad <laughs> because <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> because you really only have one shot. The other thing is are the the people who are using our product already, you know, in, in the early kind of beta testing and whatnot. Well, all their data is not being collected if our stuff is offline. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's not good for business. So I remember freaking out a little bit uh, and, and really working with the team to get that back online as fast as possible. Um, but yeah, and then and that's when we, you know, we ended up making further infrastructure changes after that. But um yeah, that was quite that was quite the uh, experience during the launch. Uh, absolutely. Uh, well, if I were to do it differently, I mean, it's hard to tell when you're when you're a founder and it's that early in the game. It's really hard to tell um, how things will actually end up going. Um, and I think the best piece of advice there would be just like, um, you know, have your plan, um, but don't expect it to go exactly according to plan, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, so be a little yeah. flexible on that. So, so the, and this is, this is something, this is like kind of a personal thing for me. So I'm, did, did you choose the right, right customer? Uh, I mean, historically media customers kind of like startups are basically the worst potential customers because they don't have any money. Right. Uh, so a startup, for example, has just enough money to, to, eat ramen and they don't have a lot of money for, I don't know, to hire a, a PR person or use analytics. And I think media is in exactly the same space. Did, were, were you blinded by your um, understanding of the space, thinking that 
that other people would want to buy this thing? Yeah. So, I mean, I obviously I did my research beforehand too, but you know, people, you know, when uh, one, one, another thing I learned when, when you talk to people, sometimes they don't know exactly what they want. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Even if they say that like, this is what they want, they end up maybe not wanting that. Um, which was kind of surprising, but I guess makes sense. Ultimately at the end of the day, um, what I, what I ended up realizing was the publications and the media companies we went after, uh, in, in the, uh, towards the start, I, we really started with smaller to medium sized publications and quickly I started realizing these guys don't even look at their analytics mm-hmm. <laughs> like they have them installed. Sure. But they're not looking at them. So there was no like added value. Nothing I could say would ever add value to that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a huge uh, problem that we ran into uh, early on. I would say um, once we, once we launched, we, we started seeing that happen. Um, so that was, that was definitely a problem. Do you think that's changed uh, over the years, or do you still think? I mean, I I feel like there's I feel like there's going to be a whole new. I don't want to I don't want to get into like inside baseball kind of thing uh, in terms of media, but I feel like there's going to be two types of media. There's going to be the old folks uh, like ourselves who are like just publish and go crazy, and we don't care about SEO, we don't care about anything. The the great value, the value of our brain farts are going to be extremely important to the world. And then there's going to be a new generation that is essentially saying, uh, "Here, we have these, we have these, uh, we have these analytics. We know that more people like the color yellow, so we're going to use the color yellow in our photos. And if we and if we write an article about, I don't know, top ten fishing lures for uh, people in Alabama, we're going to get a thousand extra pieces of traffic or something like that." Yeah, yeah. This is the type of stuff that. I was super interested in trying to help uh, media companies and publishers um, do more of and understand. Uh, that was like our key differentiator uh, in terms of the product was we, the way I was thinking about it was introducing kind of new metrics and, and as well as reframing older, you know, different metrics mm-hmm. uh, and, and also emphasizing certain metrics more or less than they are, than they currently are. I wanted people to rethink about how they looked at their analytics too. So, um, you know, that we, we thought about that a lot. And, you know, one of the th- key things I would always tell people was like, we want to make it so you could f- spend more time creating great content and less time staring at numbers. And that was like, that was in short, that was the pitch, right? Like, um, which is pretty much what I, you know, what you would expect, you know, publishers and content creators to want to be able to do. Uh, you want to get those quick insights. People don't want to spend time diving into the numbers, especially if they're just a small, medium-sized publication where they're just trying to understand, get a quick understanding. They don't have; they're not data. You know, they're not data scientists. They're not combing through uh, the analytics and trying to make the most sense out of them in every way possible. Uh, so I think that that was kind of the market we were thinking about, uh, or or the way we were thinking about it. Okay. So fast forward, I think we were intimating to this, or I was intimating this a little bit, uh, uh, but it fast forward to 2017 and you're, uh, you're making some phone calls. Why don't you tell me about that? <laughs> yeah. Not, not great days in the life, uh, of me. Um, so, all right. So basically what ended up happening was, you know, we, 
we, you know, we, uh, we faced a lot of, you know, difficult decisions, which ultimately came down to whether or not we would continue to operate the company. Um, and I, I remember thinking about, um, you know, kind of going back and forth and, you know, we were trying to raise some more money. Um, and I was just thinking about, you know, the, the, the long-term, um, prospects here, uh, especially considering that the, the media industry, um, was really, you know, not looking to spend money on these types of products. They, they weren't interested in experimenting that much either. And I understand that the other, you know, another big thing, um, with, with media and, 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 you know, news publications, et cetera, is that their website, uh, speed is very, very important as you would imagine. So we, we, we thought about that a lot. And, um, but ultimately like, uh, because of that, they're not looking to experiment usually as much with, you know, uh, inserting scripts and, and, and new plugins and things like that onto them without, you know, thoroughly testing and whatnot. Um, but anyway, um, when I ended up going, uh, to, uh, think about whether or not I wanted to pursue this, um, <laughs> I found myself at a basketball court in, uh, in Park Slope in Brooklyn. And I was, you know, just shooting around. Um, and I had a lot on my mind at that time. And basically it was, do I keep plotting away at this and finding a way to make it work? Or do I call it? And it's, pro it's got to be the most difficult decision any entrepreneur has to make. Um, I really, you know, toiled with it for a while. Anyway, what I ended up deciding was I, 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 <laughs> to, to call it, I was like, you know what, that's it. I, I, I don't want to work on this anymore. There's, there's other things out there. And that's when I realized at that moment, like when you, as an entrepreneur who's building something, if there are suddenly other things out there that are interesting to you that you wouldn't mind working on. I think that's might be a sign that you you should consider uh, calling it on whatever it is you're currently doing, uh, or kind of moving on from it in some way. What was, uh, what was interesting you interesting to you at that time? So uh, I I wanted I was I wanted to go back to what I was doing before is really what it came down to. Um, there was a lot happening in in the industry at that time, and I wanted to. To kind of jump on it. The other thing that was interesting, I think, was uh, there were a number of uh, friends I had who had startups who were doing some cool things who I who I who I thought uh, I might be interested in working with, and so there was just a number of different factors um, at play. But it was so you were you you missed like the no the best techie days, or you missed uh, yeah like, yeah I mean you missed just writing about like gadgets and stuff. Yeah, like I that's like one of my favorite things to do and I, I still like writing. Like I uh it's not what I'm doing day to day, but I still enjoy writing and I still like to, you know, constantly read about the latest gadgets and watch the Apple keynotes and do all that stuff that I would do um, you know, quote unquote <laughs> whether you want to call it work or fun. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, like that was that was definitely calling my name again. Uh, there again, that mentioned the startups that my friends were working on that were also interesting. And I thought potentially could be opportunities, uh, to do other cool things. 
Um, that's an interesting point to say, to see your friends working on something and you say, Hey, were, were they, were, were you, did you notice their success? Did you notice anything different about what they were doing versus what you were doing? Yeah. So I, I one of the startups I, I remember, uh, from my friend, um, when he was working on it was, um, it was an analytics type product, but it was, it was, they, they, they spread outside of just publishers and they also were helping with insights. Um, and they were growing really fast and they were, and, but the way that they sold the product was different. Um, and it was, it was, I thought it was, I thought it was an, a nice kind of, um, I, I don't know. I, th- I just thought it was a nice startup that, that they were building. So, uh, that, that was my interest in that, especially considering it, it dealt with a lot of, uh, you know, analytics and data and uh, making sense of it and stuff. And um, so I thought that was, that was cool. And were would, they, were they uh, successful while you were kind of struggling? Yeah, they were, they were, they were kicking ass. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you're sitting there sucking wind and, uh, yep. and other people. So, I mean, what happened at that, at that point, what did you do? So I did what I had to do, which was I had to call my employees and, and tell them what was up. And, um, that was tough. You know, I remember on that call, I, I, first of all, I was dreading making those calls. And then when I was on the calls, I remember, you know, almost struggling to get the words out of my mouth. It was hard. It was really hard. Um, you know, I would, I like kind of backed into it, you know, <laughs> it was, it was not an easy thing to do. And I would imagine that that to be the case for any founder. Um, especially when you and your team put so much time into it and like an effort and money and, you know, just wanting to make it happen and, um, doing all the things that you would expect, uh, would be helpful just to see none of them really kind of have that breakthrough effect. Um, can be frustrating, upsetting for sure. Mm Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay. So you, uh, so you came out the other end. Would you do it again? What's, what did you learn from this experience? Yeah. Would I do this startup again? No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but what I learned, there was a few things. One, um, I would have probably, re- uh, leveraged Google analytics and their API more. Um, w- w- the way we built it, we built it like from, uh, starting, uh, that the the information would become come directly from our tracker. Mm-hmm. So um, so that again, as I mentioned, that means installing a script or you know some kind of JavaScript on your site, which uh, slows down the process of onboarding people, but also um, you know can make it more difficult. Hmm. Okay. So, so you basically the technology was technology was broken, but. Yeah. And then, yeah, I was just going to say the other thing, um, was, you know, really probably would have targeted larger media companies to start and, um, understand, get a better understanding of, of what, you know, what exactly they needed and kind of starting there because that's where the, that's, that's where the money is. And even if, uh, even if it was more difficult to, um, to get in, you know, in, in a, in a room with them, uh, it was, it was honestly, it would have probably been the better call. Hmm. And I think, I think now you have, uh, now you have a new company that you started, uh, Hype Lab, uh, which sounds like it's, it's almost like, uh, you 
kind of went back to what you love to do, which is write, tell stories. Yeah. Do you think you, do you think you bit off more than you could chew when it comes to like a technical startup when what you really should have done, I guess in retrospect is do something like exactly what you're doing now. <laughs> That's a great question. Um, no, uh, I would say, uh, mm-hmm. Reason the reason I would say no is because I was really chomping at the bit uh, to do something like that, and if I didn't give it a try, I would have honestly regretted that. Uh, yeah, so I don't view what I you know I don't view Kaya as a as a wasted effort or waste of time. Um, sure, you know it didn't work out the way I wanted, but. I learned a ton of skills that I would have never gotten had I not, you know, product management and like being a PM and like uh, managing engineers and working with them um, on building a product and uh, and building a roadmap and just like, you know, uh, from start, literally from start to, you know, having the completed product that people could actually use. No one can take that away from you. Um, and and you know, and and really, like that—that's that's that's a huge success to be able to take it from idea stage to a product. Not many people can do that, you know, in of itself. So that's uh, this was a learning experience, I guess. Yeah, I mean, sure, I would love for it to actually have turned into a, a <laughs> but, it, <laughs> but it had to be something. It was an know? expensive, expensive education. Yeah, uh, that, yeah, but I think, but I think that's, I think that's important, right? I think that especially getting out of your comfort zone. Uh, we, we love to sit there and write about, I don't know, Apple, Apple press day, but to get out of that comfort zone was pretty vital. I think, uh, I mean, for a lot of us, I think I've, I think I've experienced that as well. Yeah. I mean, you've gone out and, and built, um, services and, and products before I mean, you, you're familiar with that. Um, it's, it can be hard. Uh, it is hard. Um, and you know, to, you know, getting people into, uh, a funnel, so to speak, or, or an actual sales funnel, um, moving them down. Like I had to learn all that and mm-hmm. I, I, I didn't have that background before. So I was figuring it out as I went. And, um, and those are just experiences that I, I can't, you know, I, I wouldn't be able to get elsewhere. Plus like you own, you own it. Um, it's, it's, it's your thing in the sense, like, Everything starts and stops with you, especially in the early days of of your startup. So, um, you get to live and die by the decisions you make, which I think is exciting. Excellent. Well, Jeff, this has been a, this has been a fascinating walk through a, through what sounds like a pretty cool experience. Yeah, I honestly, I um, I think I think you're right on the money when you said kind of what I'm doing now with Hype Lab and kind of uh, the PR and strategy uh, services that I'm offering, I think it definitely goes back to the love of startups, the love of telling stories and crafting those stories and the messaging behind them. Um, All those things are things that I love to do. Uh, And then I think because of my experience uh, as a founder uh, over these years, it brings a little something extra to the table um, when uh, when paired with my business partner. But like, I just I I want to elevate startups, um, no matter where they are. If they're building something cool, 
that's always been my my goal is to just elevate the founders and what they're building and their company. Um, because to me, that's super important. I think like we have we have these we have people out there who are building new technologies, new ways to uh, in, you know engage with uh, with tech, and 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 this is the future. Like like these people are de- are designing, developing, and executing on the future. So uh, if if any stories are worth telling, I think those are. All right, excellent. Jeff, where can uh, where can people find your uh, website? What you're working on now? Sure, yeah, uh, hypelab.digital is the best way to find me. All right, excellent. Thank you, Jeff, for joining us. Thanks, John. I'm John Biggs. This has been Keep Going, a podcast about success and failure. We will see you next week. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Keep Going. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. This helps others find the show, and we greatly appreciate it. Thanks again for listening. And remember, when you're going through hell, keep going.